man. I've been, turn your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 5. I've been praying this week about what's the right message for the church on this type of day when we try to reach out to people and in a bigger way than normal. And then I've been praying what is the message for those that we're trying to reach out to this afternoon. And uh, I think I know what that is, but we just want to uh, make sure that what we do today is a positive experience for for people who may not be very <clears throat> acquainted with the church. We found last year that there were many people who had uh, went to church several years ago and, and not been back. And, and when they came, uh, they had kind of a, a positive uh, experience. And so they started coming. And we still have some people that have come the whole time since last year. And we're really excited about that. And then we may, met a lot of people last year that we see in the streets and we have sort of a relationship with them. And that's always a positive thing. And so I think in our minds, and maybe, maybe not you, but in my mind, I have in my mind what I think today needs to be. And, and sometimes uh, I think I have a, a wrong view. I, 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 I get pictures in my mind, and I just want the Lord to have his way today. And so that's what I want to preach about this morning. Let's all stand in honor of God's word today. Let's read this together. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth that never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. This is when Jesus is first calling his disciples. And uh, he's having a, he has this big gathering there and, and they're pushing in on him and he goes back out in the, the boat to just kind of get away from them. And uh, I had the privilege of, of going to the place where they think that this happened. And it's kind of, the, it's kind of a hill that just backs right up to the lake here and it just set and if you and if you can imagine a big group of people sitting up there and they could all see the lake and they say that in this place where this was and you know how this is you you know how when someone's talking on the lake you can hear it a long ways away and so they said this was a really good place for Jesus to speak and uh and so it's kind of interesting to to be able to see how this would happen because in my mind I'm thinking a big crowd how no how in the world would Jesus be able to speak in a whole big crowd hear him but where he's at is possible and so I just want to talk about this this particular day one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets he got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore and he sat down and talked the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, 
I will let down the the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. This is the way it is lots of times when I fish with Cindy. I just have to, you know, I'll just call random people to come. No, I never, this never happens to me. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all the the companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Father, today, help us to understand that you're interested in the crowd but you're really interested in individuals. And so, Father, today, I pray that we would uh, hear your message as the church today. And, Father, help us just to want what you want. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been, uh, like I told you, I've been praying about what what we're going to preach about today. And I have a real short, quick message. And what I figured out is the Lord really doesn't need me at all. It hurts my feelings, but he doesn't need me. He is really good at bringing conviction and really good at speaking into people's hearts. And all I have to be is faithful, but the truth is he doesn't need me at all. And uh, so I've been praying for, for today. I've been praying for the church. What do we need to learn from this today? What do we need to, to do today? And it was so good. Last Sunday night, we had some testimonies of some people who had been out handing things out. And it's good for us to get out and to see that there really is need in our community and, and try to see how is it that we can fulfill these needs. And, and we've done a couple, we did this last year, you know, we, we gave out turkeys because we thought, you know, it's Thanksgiving, people might need a turkey. And then come into January, we're going to, we've got, the Lord has blessed us. We've had two cars donated already and we've got enough money to buy a third one. We didn't know when, when we made the door hangers, we didn't know if we were going to have any cars. We knew we would have one. We knew we could get one, but we didn't know if we would have Last year, we had one for every week of January. So if someone has a car and you want to donate it, we have two slots left. So if you could help us out with that. But you say, why do you, why do, you do that for? Because there's some people that need cars. And we want to try to be a help to people. We want to try to maybe that someone who's had a bad experience in church may become maybe have a good experience here and the Lord come and and work in their life and and come and be part of us. Are we the perfect church? No, I don't think they make one. I don't think they do because there's people in them. All right. And so we just, you know, we just want people to come and know the Lord. But when I heard your testimonies last night, I mean, last Sunday night, I was thinking, you know, uh, sometimes in all of this, we get caught up and we want this thing to be a big deal. I do. I want it to be a big deal. In my mind, you know, last year we decided we, thought we was going to try to give away 500 turkeys. And we gave away a little over 300. And so this year I was thinking we'd give away 300. And it doesn't look like there's that many people that need turkeys this year. We've got about 160 or 70 that are signed up. And so, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But we think that we need to have a big deal. For who? 
for them or is it for us? Are we using these things? I want to be careful here. I don't want us to use the things that we're trying to do to reach out to others to be doing them just to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Do you understand? And sometimes we do that. Sometimes as a society, we do things that, that we, we get in behind them and we want them to do good, not particularly because we care about the people that we're trying to help, but because it just makes us feel better about ourselves. And that's not what we're doing today, okay? We're trying to do stuff for the kingdom. It's not for us to say, well, aren't we great? Didn't we help people today? Thank God for us. That's not what we're doing today. What we're doing today is trying to reach out and trying to do kingdom work. And maybe it's a little bit different than normal, but, but we're trying to do that. And so, so we, 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 but in our mind, we want the big crowd to come. We want to give out lots of turkeys and that's good because in order to have a turkey giveaway, you got to give away turkeys. But we want people to know the Lord and come to find Christ. And we would love to see the altars filled and we would love to see a bunch of lives changed and so on and so forth. And that would be a great thing. That would be wonderful things. And when you get a big crowd and when you have a lot of people come, you want to see big things happen. That's just the way we are. But I started looking at this story and and this event, and this event had a big crowd. And Jesus is about the big crowd. You see him all kinds of times in the, in the word. He has, he has big crowds together. But Jesus, if you watch his ministry, he is very, he's not against the big crowd, but he's very interested in the individual. He's always interested in the individual. So this morning I want to look at this big crowd event and see what comes out of it. There are so many people crowding in on Jesus that he's kind of backed up to the lake. He sees some boats out here. He asks if he can borrow one. He hops in one. He pulls out of the water just a little bit. And so he begins to speak. And it had to have been a large crowd. The word says that it was a crowd, and you never think of a crowd as being uh, very, very small. And so the, the crowd was big enough that it says it was pressing in on him a little bit. So he sits down and teaches, and I don't know how long that he taught there. And so he's listening. And this crowd, you have to understand, they're listening to the greatest preacher that ever was. And you say, well, how do you know he's the greatest preacher there ever was? He's the most quoted preacher ever. All over the world today, people are quoting what Jesus said, okay? So he is the greatest preacher ever. So they have this large crowd with the greatest preacher ever. And so he knows there's going to be a crowd here. And you would think that he would have this awe-inspiring message. But you know what it says? It doesn't say anything about the message that he preached that day. In some of the stories that Jesus has that we have about him preaching, we pull out and he's got a parable. He's got this parable that just smacks you in the face. Nothing here on that. It just says that he taught the word of God. It doesn't say that he had any really neat stories about anything. There were no parables. There was, there's nothing mentioned about the message at all. And then when it comes time to, to see, you know, is anybody going to follow me or anything like that? It doesn't say anything about loads of people coming and saying, yes, Jesus, we want to follow you. 
So you have a large crowd with the greatest preacher ever, and it doesn't seem like they had all that great of a response that day, at least not enough that they say anything about it. So you have a large crowd, great preacher, and so that would mean that you would have this bunch of people that would want to follow, but that doesn't seem what happens. It doesn't mention that at all. It doesn't mention anything about that. And so you go through this story and you have the big crowd, the great preacher, and then it just kind of dismisses and it's done. And you think it's done. And you'd be like, boy, there's surely in my mind I would have thought there would have been more response than that. And you would have thought that, that someone would have been moved to follow Jesus by his message or something. But that's not what happens. And so we see that the story moves into this small group. And Jesus has given his teaching and, and he goes and, and he gets in the, in the boat. And then he says, you would think that he would start teaching these guys. But what does he do? He says, hey, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. I love Jesus. There's several times in the word that it talks about Jesus eating fish. Even after he's resurrected, which makes me so happy because I think in heaven we're going to be able to eat. And I know it doesn't look like I like to eat, but I really, I'm really good at it. It's my favorite thing, okay? I'm really good at it. And in the word it says after Jesus was resurrected, he ate fish. He, he likes fish. And he's really good at fishing. And so he says, hey, let's go fishing. And you know, you know how it is when you get everything packed up and you've been fishing and you got everything packed up and then Jesus, you know, and that says that it's a kind of a long drawn out ordeal. They had to wash their nets. And so they've got their nets all washed and they get everything packed up and they're ready and they're not going to go out until tomorrow. And he waits till they get everything done. And then he says, hey, let's go fishing, you know. And if you've been fishing for a long time, it's sort of like me and deer hunting. I'm not any good at it. And so when, when I go and I don't kill anything for years and years and years, and someone says, hey, let's go deer hunting, I'm like, whatever. And these guys are like, because you asked me to, I'm going to go. Because you asked me to go, I'm going to go. And so they go. And why does Jesus, I mean, they have said and heard the sermon. Why does he need to do this? He takes them out into the boat and he asks them to go fishing. Why? Because he knows what will bring these guys to a place where they will follow him. The message didn't move them. The message didn't make them say, oh, let's go. I'm ready to leave my boat. I'm ready to leave my business. I'll do whatever you want me to do. It doesn't, you don't hear that from them. And Jesus says, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. The preaching didn't move them. But Jesus knew what would. You see, Jesus always knows what it is. We don't know what it is. But Jesus always knows what it is. You say, Pastor, why do we try so many different things? Because we don't know what's going to work. But Jesus does. 
With, with Peter, uh, it, was, it was this. But with, with like Paul, Paul had to have a bright light and had to have three days where he couldn't see and, and before he could really get his mind around who Jesus was. And so that's exactly what he needed. But these guys needed to go fishing. That's what they needed. And so they get out in the boat and he says, let down your nets. And they get these two boatloads of fish. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God knows how to reach people where they are. And on this day, with Peter, James, and John, they needed to see a bunch of fish. On this day, Jesus decided that two boatloads of fish is what we need to get these guys to follow Christ. It was the great fish giveaway is what it was. It was the great fish giveaway. You know, they came in, they see these two boatloads of fish, and they're like, hmm, this guy's for real. And you know, today, there might be some people who don't think about God very much, or at all, or maybe they're following God, but it doesn't seem like anything's going right, and all of a sudden, they see a turkey that somebody bought for them, and they think, you know, God really is real. I really needed this, and... They, God provided this for me. And maybe that's just what they need to get through the end of the week. Or maybe somebody doesn't know God at all and they see two or three pallet loads of turkeys and think, maybe there is something to this. But on this day, that's what these guys needed. And, and, and that's what happened. And, but you say, but he only had, out of all the people that heard him that day, out of all the people that was involved with that, only three people are mentioned that responded that day. Only three. Doesn't seem like a very good day, does it? Had a great big crowd. Had a really good preacher. And yet only three people come and say that they're going to follow the Lord. It doesn't seem like a... Very good response there, Pastor. Well, maybe we sure wish we would have seen more of a response. And and we tend to judge things by numbers and things like that. And hey, I'm there with you. I'm with you. I understand that. But in this story, Jesus has a big crowd, he has a really good preacher, gave away two boatloads of fish. And had three people respond. It doesn't seem like very good results to me. But then you look at the three people that he won. I want you to look at them. Anybody ever heard of Peter? He's one of my favorite. Peter really is my favorite disciple. You know why? Because he reminds me of me. He's always saying the wrong thing at the right time. He always puts his foot in his mouth. That really makes me feel good because I tend to do that. And so he, you know, had this great moments and Peter would always say the wrong thing. But in the end, Peter is, is credited with giving us all the information in the book of Mark. He wrote first and second Peter. His writings are still drawing people into believing in who Jesus is. That's pretty good, pretty good catch in Peter. He was the head of the church. To begin with, pretty good, pretty good follower Peter was. James was the first person to die as a martyr. 
The first person in all of Christianity to say, I will lay down my life because I believe who Jesus is. That's a pretty good follower, I would say. That's a pretty good person that would say, you know, my belief in God is more important than anything and I will lay down my life for it. That's a pretty good, pretty good follower. Anybody heard of a guy named John? The one whom Jesus loved? He cracks me up. He cracks me up. Why can't you just say, you know, it's just me, John. But he always has to add on there, the one who Jesus loved. Yeah, Jesus loves everybody, John, okay. And I know that you're in the inner circle, but he loves everybody. I'm going to start, I'm going to start introducing myself like that. Hi, I'm Pastor Brian, the one who Jesus loves. But that's what John always says. Anybody ever heard of John? You know, John 3.16. Anybody ever heard of that one? You can't watch a ball game without seeing it behind home plate. Probably the most quoted scripture in all of Christianity came from John. Wrote the book of Revelation. Pretty good writer, old John. Big crowd. Great preacher. Two boatloads of fish. Three followers. Not a very good day. Hmm. Pretty good day. Got the head of the church. The first martyr. And the guy that wrote the book of John and Revelation. From one day. You say, Pastor, what's that got to do with anything? This is what I'm saying. You never know whose life might get changed. When you have a big crowd, I'm going to say a mediocre preacher and a truckload of turkeys. You don't know that some family may walk in here and their whole life be changed. A mom and a dad come and not by anything we did or anything, but the Holy Spirit, which is who does all this, comes and brings something on their life and they say, I don't know what it is, but I want it. And that little family change forever, that still happens, folks. It still happens. And that little family and all their little kids are, are changed forever. And then, and then that family, gen, the gen, and, and, a, and a generation of sin is broken and a generation of following God could happen. It happens. We read all about it. Abraham was the first one in his family, and we are still reading about it. There might be someone here today who today would be the difference and changes everything. Their whole family history changed. There might be a preacher today. You never can tell. You never can tell. When you get a big crowd and a message and a boatload of fish, you can't tell what's going to come out of that. And we will not be able to, only eternity will show What's going to happen out of what we do? 
And that's not just today. That's every Sunday we come together. God does fantastic things. God's done fantastic things in your life. God has done fantastic things in my family's life and in your family's life. And and he wants to do what he's done for you in somebody else. Don't you want that today? Don't you want that? I want, I don't know who's in charge of everything. Sean, do you... Do you have the name? Do you know the names of who's in charge of the different ministries? I want who's who's in charge of the greeters? Rhonda, I want you to come stand right here. Desiree, I want you to come. Desiree, Rhonda's in charge of the greeters. Okay, I want Rhonda over here. Desiree's in charge of the altar workers. I want you right here. Mark's doing parking. Come up here, Mark. Melinda Vanote. She's helping with the kids. I want her over here. Tony's in charge of distribution, but he's not here. Who was help- Is anybody helping Tony? James, I want you to come and stand for Tony. Tony's out getting the turkeys right now. James is ushers. Well, we want somebody else besides you then. Who? Helen Letterman. I want you to come because we're praying. Laura Lee, where are you? Laura Lee, come up here and stand with where your husband would be. Is there there anything else that we do? I think that's it. Okay. Now, if you're part of the prayer ministry, I want you to come stand over here. If you're part of the ushers, I want you to stand behind James. If you're part of the greeters, I want you to stand here. If you're altar workers, parkers, children's workers... If you're the person, people handing out, I want you to stand behind him. And then I want everybody else to gather in behind them. And we're going to pray this morning. I'm going to anoint you. I read this story this week and I was just, I was like, wow, look what can come out of something. And they didn't know what was going to come out of it. I mean, when it was going on, they didn't realize what was going on. It was years after. And you may not see, we may not see what comes out of our ministry till eternity. But this morning, we want to pray that God would come and meet, even if it was just a few that he would meet today. Father, we want to pray for those that will be praying today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd anoint them. I pray that your hand would be upon them, Father. I pray that you would just have your way in everything that happens up there in the prayer room today. Father, I pray for these that will be ushering and seating people today. Father, I pray that when they come in contact with our ushers today, Father, that there would be... Your Holy Spirit would be there and there would be something that would happen that would draw them to you today through our ushers. Father, I pray especially for our greeters today. The first people that our guests will meet today, 
Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just pass through our people into these folks' lives and that they would feel welcome and that they would feel wanted not only in our church but in your kingdom, Father, that there would be something that they would just seek and desire through our greeters today. Father, I pray for those that will be working at the altar today. I pray that your Holy Spirit will give them words to say and deal with people who may be dealing with things that we don't understand. But, Father, help us today to have words of wisdom to give to them. Father, I pray that you'd be with Mark and these guys that are parking cars. I pray that you would just have your hand upon them, Father, and that they would uh, just uh, seep of the Holy Spirit today, Father, and that as people pull on the parking lot, that they would feel you close and near. I pray with Melinda. She keeps our kids today, that your hand will be upon her. Father, we thank you for folks like Melinda who give of their time so that others can enjoy things. And so, Father, today I pray that you would just touch her and give her back her time, Father, today. Father, I pray for Tony right now. They're over there getting the turkeys. Father, I pray that you would be with them the last people that will be in contact with our guests today. Father, as they walk out the door, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they would know that you, that you love them and that we love them. Father, I pray with each one who will be handing out turkeys today, Father, I pray that somehow people would feel your Holy Spirit through those guys today. Father, be with us as the church today. As, as uh, I pray that you'd be with our, our music folks, Father, as they sing. I pray that you would anoint that time. I pray that it would just be a time of celebration while we're uh, waiting here. And, and uh, Father, I pray that you would just be with our, our, our little message that we have today. Father, we believe it's of you. And I pray that people would know that you love them. Somehow, Father, you speak and have your way today. Father, help us to not have any preconceived ideas of what today needs to be. Just do what you want to do today, Father. And that will be great. Father, we love you. And we pray that we would be the church that you've called us to be today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite everybody to come back this afternoon and be part of this. And you say, well, I don't have a job. Come and sit with us and greet people and uh, enjoy your day. We're glad you're here. Come back this afternoon and be with us. Lord bless you. You are dismissed.